I started Coffee with Humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys cross paths, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans, making the world a better place. One conversation at a time. Well, we are live here at, with Coffee with Humans, a fantastically wonderful Wednesday uh, with Michael Butler. Michael, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Uh, thanks, Jason. Uh, I, w- I had other plans to sit outside and have some s'mores, but it's cold. And your video <laughs> reminded me of it. So I was like, you know what? I think I'll be here with Coffee with Humans today. All right. Well, welcome to the warmth of the indoors. <laughs> yes, it's cold definitely. when I'm at too, man. I'm getting a little bummed about this, but I'm hunkering down. I, that, I, I do love like sweatshirt and sweater weather, though. Yes, there there is something about sweatshirt and sweater weather. Sweater weather. Um, being from uh, the Northeast, I like that. It just the clothing, the way you dress, it's a it's a little bit more comforting. But I do like to be able to be in shorts and a t-shirt in January on occasion. Yeah, I also bought a uh, weighted blanket recently, really? um, so I can cuddle up on the couch with this with twenty pounds of weight, which is. Uh, People use it for anti-anxiety. I just use it for a general level of comfort. Interesting. A 20-pound blank. Well, a 20-pound weighted blanket. Weighted blanket. Okay. That just just for comfort's sake. It, there's no other... There's something about pressure. There's something about just pressure on your on your body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's scientifically proven the pressure on your body creates a... Uh, I don't know if it's an endorphin release, but it's like, it just, it's a, has a comforting effect. It's why babies need to be held. It's why people who suffer from anxiety, they, a a level of like squeezing or holding or hugging. And so I've got a 20 pound weighted blanket because no one wants to hug me. (laughs) That's so sad. Can I give you a virtual hug? My daughter's also, she's a teenager. And so she goes through phases where sometimes she hugs me and sometimes she doesn't. Yes. I, Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I have three sons. My my middle son stopped hugging when he was about eight oh. <laughs> and he was like, Nope, I'm not hugging you. And he would literally like fight back. And he would even fight back with my wife <laughs> to not hug. And it was oh. it's interesting. It, Isn't that a shame? Yes, it is because I don't, I, I guess it makes him feel, you know, make him feel all of the emotions and icky on the inside, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Nobody but, likes emotions. Uh, down with emotion those fickle things they always change (laughs) (laughs) that's true well uh true to form coffee with humans uh we've we in this case have met before but not in this not in this circumstance i was on your show uh business leader spotlight which i think is uh, i've seen it on linkedin before is that true is that where it's at that yes so it's uh basically uh and to not to be salesy by any means to stick to the rules it it basically (laughs) (laughs) is basically a show where i I just go around and i interview 
people in business who are doing things and identify some of the things that they've learned and help people kind of connect with others and say, hey, if Jason was able to do it or if, you know, one of my recent interviews, Bill was able to do it. Hey, <laughs> some of the things he's he said can help me do it as well. Yeah. And it's actually a, a channel on YouTube that I have as well, but I will not say the name, but it is available on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. Business Leader Spotlight? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. That's cool. Well, people should go check out Business Leader Spotlight. I've watched a couple episodes, uh, admittedly, only after uh, only after I was on it with you. Uh, well, I think, though, how you just phrased it, I thought was really special because you're like, if he can do it, you can, too. That's the, <laughs> that I feel like <laughs> I'm not sure if that was a dig. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things i'm to be a little transparent and, yeah. and this is one of the things we talked about is the conversation can go anywhere mm-hmm. is people have asked me is like michael how were you able to do that i don't ever look at myself as like a guy that's got a real special set of skills you know i'm not like the guy from taken i'm not liam neeson that's, that's exactly what i was thinking i was like i've got a very special set of skills i, I don't have like that however i do know that if you do certain things consistently you're going to get a lot better results than people that are just talented that are inconsistent. So that's what I try to highlight for people is that a lot of the things that people do is hard work and diligence can cover the gap in a lot of areas where you may think you're not talented and you may find out that, Hey, there is a specific talent there just through learning that hard work and that discipline. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got a viewer right now, uh, live Eric Smith. She says, good morning, Jason. Oh, with a heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Pleasure to have you joining us today. Uh, I'm sure she, she was going to say good morning, Michael too. <laughs> with two hearts, probably. No, it, it, it's all right. It's your show. It's all about you, Jason. That is not true. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> Anthony, good morning, Jason and Michael and Erica too. Yes, and we got a handful of other people uh, who are joining us as well on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to join the chat, drop drop your comments in the chat. We will. We're actually, if you've not seen Coffee with Humans before, it's. I here's how I'm describing it. It's raw, unfiltered conversations between strangers who become friends. Yes, and I think that's pretty true. It's the only rule is no sales calls. What is going on here? Good morning, Michael, with a kiss. Oh my gosh, it's getting it's getting greeted. Oh, okay. Well, well, so Michael, what's been on your mind recently? What's been on my mind recently? Oh, all kinds of fun stuff. Just like, yeah. Well, first, just been thinking about uh, the end of this year because things have changed so many different times and it seems like we're almost changing back to what we changed to previously and then just looking at okay I personally uh, around December time frame I usually start uh, slowing down and start uh, to think about what I want to do for next year and and sometimes that that gets challenging because, or for me this year, this is the first time it's really been a, a challenge in the sense that is like, I have no expectations for what's next. So it, it, it's a lot more 
free form where I have to be a little bit more creative is, okay, what are, what are my plans beginning in January? You know, what are the types of things that I want to be able to accomplish next month and, and, and into next year? So that that's one of the big things that's been on my mind. The other piece uh, uh, is actually an interesting conversation I was having with my wife before we got on. Uh, we got to talking about English uh, and I don't know English class like when you were in high school okay. <laughs> a very random subject of conversation but we were talking about how when you'd read you know a great novel or something along those lines I was that student in class that never I didn't see past the words on the page and I still work very hard to try to see past the words on the page but I'm just the way I read I just see the words I don't see a lot of subtext I don't see a lot of emotion I don't see a lot of hidden pieces and I used to get the question from teachers a lot is like okay so what do you see there and I used to say things like well you know repeat back the words that were on the page but in my own form and they were like what else and I'm like that's what I see. I don't see anything else. And it was like, well, if they're asking me for what else, give me a clue as to what else you're looking for me to see. <laughs> don't be cryptic. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm not, and it's not, it was, it's just the kind of makeup of how I think about things is that uh, I see, I kind of see on a very linear scale in some kind ways. Of matter of fact. Exactly. It was like, if you're not going to say what you mean, then why are you saying anything? Why, so, why do you- okay, so hold on. You said you were having this discussion with your wife and you said that it was about English class, which I'm yes. calling bullshit on. I think you were having this discussion about something she asked you to do or some conversation you had and you didn't get the subtext. No, it was, was okay. No, right. no, it was literally, we, it, it was, <laughs> it, it started, the, the, the root of it is, is that I, I, I'm in a personal development class mm-hmm. and there was a homework assignment And we were talking about that and that led into English and understanding things. So that's where things, things went down the road of English because I was like, I'm, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I've understood is that here's how I understand. I understand on in this way, in this way, not that I'm not trying to understand other things or trying to take in other information. It's just by default, here's where I see things. Hmm. Do you feel then, like, go ahead. How, how does that sit with you then? Are you feeling, are you feeling like you should be able to understand it in a different way? Or I used, I used to think, I used to feel bad because I didn't, I used to beat myself up a lot because especially, you know, in school, if you couldn't tell English was not my favorite subject, right? but I've cut, I'm, and it's taken me years to get to this point where it's like, no, that's part of who I, that's my makeup. And I understand that as that's my makeup it's not a bad thing but it's an it's a i don't want to say it's a deficiency but it's it's just the way i'm made and understanding that and being comfortable with being able to to realize okay i may not see it and i may have to ask questions and not get the part that i've learned is i can't i I don't have to be defensive about it anymore because when I was younger, I used to get upset about it. It was like, if you're ask if you're asking me this question and I'm not answering you, why do you keep asking the question, expecting a different answer? Right. Gotcha. So huh. that's one yeah. of those random things that yeah. were going on this morning. Well, that's a good insight. Yes, I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation where 
they look at a part, a part of their personality or their tendencies and they think I am not good enough because somebody else keeps pointing out how I am not able to do something or see something that they so, so clearly can. And I feel like we, we, we tend to uh, ascribe some sort of value system on that. Like, well, they're better than me in that thing. And and that's where I think the defensiveness comes out. It's like, yeah. hey, stop telling me I'm no good. Yes. Uh, I know. <clears throat> How do I say this? A lot of people are very <clears throat> now more emotionally in touch than they had been in the past. And sometimes in or there's a for me, there was this always this underlying thought process is like well what's wrong with me why don't I see things like them you know to your point of talking about how people kind of ascribe this this quote-unquote value system to their skill set and who they are you know I I know I've gone through that battle and that fight where with being able to look at myself and say well you should be you should be doing these things based on the fact that well there you know those people over there are saying it whether it's a complete change of myself or completely just trying to ascribe to myself a specific set of skills or a specific way of doing things that is may not be natural to me. You know, it, it's just learning that and, and figuring out how to, how to deal with it and, and overcome and be comfortable with myself, so to speak. Yeah. That's kind of a journey being, being able to be comfortable with oneself. I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So in your business leader spotlight thing that you do, mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. Why do you do that? Why do I do it? So I I started it with, if we go back uh, probably a month and a half, two months uh, into being, you know, shelter in place, work from home, all of the kind of changes that we went through this year with uh, COVID-19 and pandemic and, and being able to deal with that. I was sitting down and I was looking at it and I was thinking, okay, what is it that people people see in, you know, small business owners, uh, people that have made it to a specific career plateau, whether it's, uh, you know, chief executive officer, officer, you know, somewhere in the C-suites, vice president, senior vice president, any of those types of things. What are those things that most people will, will never find out unless they have a relationship with this person? And my thought was, well, let me see if I can develop the relationship and get them to talk about it and put it in a, in a fashion and in a way where it's just a conversation with people and just talking about, okay, well, I'm remembering back to one conversation. I was talking with a guy who his family, while he was in university or college, he, his family went through a financial hardship and he had to basically switch from going to school full-time to go to working full-time and taking classes in the evening. And during that process, he got a job at a car dealership in that job. Basically that, uh, internship I'll call it is that they told him it was like, you know, everybody here has to be able to do all the jobs on the car lot. So he started as basically the janitor and moved his way up onto the sales floor. 
And one of the things that taught him was that everybody's valuable in being able to make the sale. Even though the part may not look as glamorous as possibly the sales, you know, being on the janitorial staff versus the sales staff, that taught him a lesson of understanding the value of everybody in that chain. And, and little things like that that are overlooked or undervalued, I thought would be beneficial in highlighting for people to just to be able to hear about that, to see those types of things coming, coming out in conversation where it's like, well, I, I see the importance of this, but why don't other people see it? They may see it, but it's been, it's been masked. It's been hidden because you only get to see the one side of, okay, we need to get this work done. Yeah. But how do I use that to help me get to where I want to go? And, and being able to say that it, all of those little experiences are beneficial to everyone mm -hmm. as long as we know they're available to us and we know how to use them for ourselves. How do you use that uh, broadcast then in, for you? you? You're talking about how you're going to do it for everybody else, but what's in it for you? There, There's absolutely nothing in it for me. I don't actually, I'm not trying to, make a sale. I'm not trying to connect for me. It's just about being able to have a conversation with people. It's similar to this. I, what I think, uh, is a, there's a similarity in what we do is yours is live. Mine's pre-recorded in, in the sense, but it's, it's a lot about the, just the conversation piece is where it's breaking down some of those barriers. So there's no direct value and I haven't seen an indirect okay, well, this is, you know, what Michael gets out of doing that. I did. Okay. So I'm, I don't want to disagree with you, but I'm going to take exception a little bit. <laughs> but what did it for you personally? I, cause people only do things that they value. So what do you value out of having a conversation with a business leader? What do I value is, is their insights, their insights and in being able to share them with others. And because it goes back I don't want to sound altruistic and it's like, oh, well, there's completely, you know, but altruism is just because people are altruistic doesn't mean they're not also selfish. There's something <laughs> in it for them in everything. Right. <laughs> so I'm just curious, what is it? What is it for you? Because you don't do it for all. all you, you don't do it for altruistic or only altruistic benefits. Um, what's the benefit? Like, what is it in your psyche that, are you absorbing these things or are you uh, leveraging them, you know, uh, information or knowledge for your own oh, yeah, personal I'm, growth or is that what oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not sitting back and saying, Oh, you know, putting this out there and saying, Oh yeah. The, oh, I did that great video and there was some great thoughts in it, but in casting, casting them off to the side or anything like yeah. that. No, I'm, I'm learning, I'm taking from it just like a, what I expect people to, to watch the videos to do as well is, is learn from it and, and hear the the value, hear the the takeaways and say, okay, how can I apply this to my life? How haven't I been applying this to my life? So there is that, that piece that comes as a part of it where it's like, oh yes, Michael is learning from it as well. So if you say that that's the, the takeaway, yes, I'm learning something as well and, and learning about how people have been able to get to where they've gotten to their level of success in their lives. Gotcha. So, um, you, you were saying in the middle of that, that you, uh, for explanation of what you, or why you have these conversations, you thought, what if I could have just a conversation with these folks, you know, what 
could I get information out of them that they wouldn't necessarily normally share? What kind of, what has been a highlight? So of all the people you've spoken with, you know, not what the best thing is. I don't, I don't know if you'd be able to come up with that, but what's, what's a highlight when I, when I ask you what's a highlight of of your show and who you've talked with, what's one of the highlights that comes? One of the highlights I'll say is it was one of the early interviews that I did and it was a conversation about doing uh, team meetings, stand-ups through Zoom calls or go-to meeting or whatever the flavor of the month is. And what was said was it was so insightful. It was like, and basically I'll try to re- explain it or, or restate it is that once you open up a video camera into somebody's life, even though it is a work-related meeting, you are now stepping into their life because it is their home. And you need to be mindful and respectful of that piece of it. It's not, you know, it's not all business from the perspective of it being, yes, what we're talking about is business, but the things that are going on around them are personal. And you Mm -hmm. have to be able to be mindful of those two dynamics because one of the examples I I remember that I had early on in during the pandemic was uh, we were on a a conference call with a group of people and somebody's dog started barking because the FedEx guy dropped off a package and the dog did not stop barking for like five minutes. And you could tell there was this awkwardness about what was going on. (laughs) They're like, okay, what do we say? Is there something, can we, and you just have to sit back and you say, understand that is like, no, this is what's going to happen during these types of times where you open up your life and your home to people through a video camera and through a microphone and and different things and and allowing them to, to experience that and be okay with the fact that it it, it is, it is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable at times because you may hear somebody's kids conversations or, you know, significant other conversations in the background, you know, animals, pets, all of those different. Take out the garbage. (laughs) I'm going to get to it. I'm sorry. Point A. Yes. (laughs) Or uh, one that I can remember um, just, I want to say was just yesterday. I heard um, my wife was working and somebody's landline rung while they were on a video call. (laughs) And you're like, okay, that's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's a job offer. Uh, like, excuse me, pardon me. Uh, yes, how much does it pay? I'll be back. Right? Or like yelling at your kids, like, shut up, you're going to get daddy fired. Yes. The, I don't know. There's this one commercial. I can't think of who the who created the commercial, but it's the guy, he's on a video conference and he's making a presentation to his board and the little yeah. kids come in and they start pulling pencils <laughs> and things like that. And it was like, that's exactly what's going on right now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> if people have young kids, you know, and they have to homeschool and they have to keep them mindful of what's going on, just all this craziness and all of these different things happen. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's that's real life yeah uh one of our uh <laughs> anthony here michael opening his house to me makes me want a glass of red wine me too man i've been looking at that picture the whole time and thinking i hope he likes wine actually i'm not the wine connoisseur in my oh, house snap. my wife is 
So this is one of the things that she wanted. Uh, when we moved here, she wanted to have our kitchen with this theme. And that was some of the, the decorating and the decor pieces that we did was this picture and, and making sure the, the wall, I don't know if you guys can see the actual color. It is almost it's a red wine. Um, yeah. Merlot colored wine. Type thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt's giving you a shout out. Hey Kurt, how you doing? Good to see you. Michael, Mike Butler. Oh, yes, we had a conversation about whether you're Michael or Mike or Mikey before oh. the broadcast. And I found out that people who know him well, uh, for years have called him Mike sometimes. Yes. So people that I grew up around and things like that, they called me Mike. I, when I was younger, I did, never wanted to be called Michael because Michael was always a sign that I was in trouble. Now, when I got a little bit older, Michael was like, because I moved away from home, I was like, okay, I can pr- create my personality now. I can be Michael. Yeah. So now the reason why I have both is because some people know me as Mike. Some people know me as Michael and I'm okay, okay with that. Now you did throw out the one name that I did uh, the Mikey piece. So yes, I was called Mikey when I was young, <laughs> actually my brothers, if they actually watch this, they still call me Mikey to this day as they should their brothers. No, they shouldn't. No, that's no. not right. No. So I've got a kid. I one my my oldest son. Uh, his name is Nathaniel. He was named Nathaniel. At some point in time, people started calling him Nathan, and for a short period of time, he was okay with it. And then he started correcting people and saying, "No, it's actually Nathaniel." And I was like, "What is going on here?" And I thought, "Oh, that, that's a cool boundary to set. You know, names are val- names have meaning." And what you just said there, you said, "You know, I moved out of my office. I was, I was kind of creating my personality." And we do. We create our identity it seems through names right people people call me todd all the time like people i've known for years will be like thanks todd great to see you and i'm just like i overlook it now because there's no point to it i'm like whatever it's a waste of breath to ask you to continue to call me jason my name is actually just legit jason that's what it is and so sometimes when i introduce myself what i've learned to do is not tell them my last name they'll be like and you are i'll be like you know this is i'm jason and in a situation where they want to know normally a last name, Jason Todd, because if I say Jason Todd, they're like, Oh, Todd, that's a good name. Like, okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but I don't want to be that guy. So I was just like, eh, whatever you can call me, Bill or Bobby or Jim. Uh, yeah. Whatever. However it goes, it goes. Yeah. I've been called much worse. So yes, yes I'll accept Jason or Todd. <laughs> At least it's some part of my name. Right. Exactly. Well, I was telling you before the broadcast that we can talk about anything. We can even talk about sports, although I would not know anything of what you're talking about uh, because I don't follow sports, Um, even though I do know what sports are. And uh, I could hang with you. I could make it up. So are you the guy that says go sports? I (laughs) people are like, what's your team? I'll be like, what's your team? I'll be Uh, like, I'm the hillbilly what's it's and i'll be like me too <laughs> i am too i didn't I know them. anything about the can we talk about the hillbilly what's it's what they what they do what's their specific sport <laughs> In, uh, bottle cap throwing uh, bottle that cap is throwing. you know what that see now they're now now we're treading on now we're treading on people in their places but uh, truth of the matter is mm-hmm. uh is there some places where um 
there are certain things you can get away with in some places. And so, for instance, I was down paddling a, a river in Arkansas a number of years ago. Fantastic place to go. Totally off the grid. You couldn't get cell phone service if you tried. And so far out in the back that my my navigation, which I thought was okay on my on my car, all of a sudden I was just like I was legit driving down. A, I thought what was a highway, and on the dot and the, there's this line right and i'm driving down the line and all of a sudden the line disappears i am still on the road i know for a fact i'm still on the road <laughs> and it's like there's no road <laughs> on my navigation i thought oh i have ventured off into unknown territory like why why is was there's like some county carved out where they were like no navigation will never be mapped i don't know so I just like, and then it was probably 20, 30 minutes later, we finally got to this, this place where we're camping next to a river. Oh my God. It was amazing. Beautiful. Well, we went paddling down a river with a canoe. And then there was this time three, it must've been three hours into this canoe trip. I thought we should have been at the, I thought we should have been at the spot where they'd let us out. And I thought, Oh no, like where we, drinking too much and we missed it like we're gonna be paddling this river till i don't know we're are we gonna get to like the gulf of mexico eventually i don't know what happens and because i'm not like a super experienced paddler and uh, like what can go wrong you're paddling a river yeah so anyhow up upstream this boat comes it's a flat bottom boat with one of those motors that's just got this little stick in the water and it's going and we're like we're gonna ask him we're gonna ask him so they, we, hey, 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 they pull up and we're like, hey, do you know where the, the takeout point is? Like, where do we get out? And they're like, well, there's uh, about three shoals up that way. And I was like, okay. And I was so, I was like, I didn't know what to say because I don't know what a shoal is. Right. And I didn't know if it was, I, I didn't want to sound stupid by saying, what's a shoal? Like, I, I feel like this is something I should know, you know? And, and so then they drove off and I was, I was talking to my buddy. I'm like, what's, what's a shoal? Like, how far is that? Is it 10 miles? Is it like convertible into kilometers or where are we at? <laughs> Turns out that the shoal is just where like the water comes up and then it like hits the side and then the water chase, like you just kind of go up to the next. It's like a turn. Mm-hmm. A shoal is just a turn in the river. Interesting. There's not a distance. That's not a thing. <laughs> It could have been a mile. It could have been half a mile. It could have been 20 feet. Like, that's just a shoal. I don't know. I, it, was, it, it was probably another hour and a half or something like that. Oh, wow. Natalie. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. It was, you know, it was a long, it was, it was too long to paddle as an inexperienced paddler. who's just not, but, you know, we had, we had beer and beer and guys raised cane in the middle of a, uh, of a river in a beautiful, beautiful part of Arkansas, which I would return to happily. Um, but, but then I realized at the time I was like, well, it, you know, you can't win any battles by measuring in shoals. So <laughs> I'll stick with miles <laughs> or <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> Okay, that, I, I guess I'll have to take that one and try to analyze the the profundity of <clears throat> can't win any battles, you know, with shoals. Okay, well we'll we'll, we'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can have that. That was I should have said that on your on your business podcasting. It never came up though. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if we got to going to Arkansas, but nope, we didn't. I would rec- I would highly recommend it. Yes. Okay. Yes, Anthony. Now we all know what a shoal is, just in case we're lost at sea. Absolutely. If the river, if the river, when you're lost at sea, ever just changes direction, that's a shoal. Okay. Two or three shoals out, you can get out. That's the. <laughs> that's what I know. <laughs> if you're if you're not sure how long this trip is, count the shoals. That's the other key. Ah. Free wisdom here on Coffee with Me. <laughs> Now the question is, is where will I be able to use that? It's Wisdom Wednesday. <laughs> well, I've been keeping notes. Okay. Um, for, for my ideas for Coffee with Humans, I'd love to, have your, uh, love to have your opinion on this. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, start, I'll start with the easy ones. Um, what's your earliest memory? My earliest memory? I... I I was somewhere around two or three years old and I snuck out of my bedroom and I was sitting in the hallway trying to be sneaky to, you know, sneak some television while my dad and my stepmom were sitting on the couch watching TV. And while I was sitting there, I saw a penny. It was like, Ooh, a penny. And you know, at that age, the first few things you decide to do is like oh I can put this in my mouth so I did I put it in my mouth and I started to choke and you know making all that noise my dad and my stepmother found me and they got it out of me but that's the first memory that I have (laughs) I was wondering if this was going to go to and then I ate it my second memory is them looking to make sure it came out. <laughs> oh, yes. It, it came out, but it was just one of those things. It, the the wow. way it, I remember it pretty clearly up to the point where I grabbed the penny and put it in my mouth. And then it's like almost like uh, those old, uh, what are those thing projectors? The slide projectors where the, you know, they have the film transparency and show one film and then it it show right. the next piece. It, that's how it, the memory yeah. is for me. It's like, okay, this, okay, then it's blank for a minute. Okay, now I'm on somebody's lap. They're patting me on the back. Okay, next thing I know, the penny's coming out of my mouth. So it's wow. like black parts in the memory, but that's the earliest that I can remember. Well, I'm glad you made it through that. That's good. Oh, I, I'm very happy that I made it through that as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's funny. Um, uh, what's another What's another one? Um, oh, I can't ask that one. Here's, a, here's one. Uh, what's the What's the What's number one on your thing on your list of things to do on a weekend? Number one. Or one to three. I'm terrible with the top 10 lists. So this is not a fair question for a person like me. Maybe it's not fair for you either. I could never tell you what the first thing was. So the best thing, I don't know. One of the things that I would say uh, is number one is to be able to be left alone for, you know, 
three hours or so just so I can read and, you know, just be by myself, just just completely alone, like no bother, you know, not having to take the, the dog out to go for a walk, not having to feed the dog, not having, you know, any of the kind of responsibilities of life, mm-hmm. but just to be able to say, hey, I've got this time alone for myself to not to just sit there and, you know, put my feet up or anything and watch TV, but I'd, I'd just like to, you know, be around, be alone with my own thoughts, think, read, so on and so forth. That's a good one. Yeah, that's insightful. That seems um, seems like it's probably part of your personality that you need to get, you need to kind of escape the noise and the stuff going on so that you can just let your thoughts process and settle. Yes, um, I'm one of those people that, I've learned this the hard way is that I process things by talking. So sometimes if you get me at the right moment, I'm saying things because I'm trying to think through it, not Mm -hmm. as, okay, this is what it is. So during those times when I do have that solitude, I can think to myself. So basically I can talk to myself is what I'm saying where I can think through my thoughts and and be like, Oh, okay. This is what I'm trying to do or trying to understand and rationalize what's going on. Yeah. That's super important. Yes. I would think. Yes. Especially learning that, uh, that you, you think through things by talking, Uh, learning that I would say anybody that's got that learn it as early as possible, because when you learn it later, you say stuff that you're like, I wasn't saying this as this is what it is. I was saying this as, okay, here's how I'm thinking through it. And it it causes you a lot more pain when you don't realize that's how you think. Gotcha. You're probably thinking of some particular circumstances. Oh, I'm thinking of several. (laughs) Yeah. How did you come about that understanding about yourself? Uh, it's taken me probably the last, the better part of the last two years. And most of the times I'll say most of the times is because of conversations I was having with my wife, we would be talking about a specific issue. And what I'm doing is I'm verbalizing what's going on in my head because I'm trying to process it yeah but it's coming out as a part of the conversation and oh. i'm like after the fact i'm like why is she upset at because i'm just i'm thinking she understands that's what i'm doing but i i never realized that's how i actually process things long story but so the, so in the show in, on those shows where like the character does something and then all of a sudden the character is like talking to the camera you were having, you were like, have, you needed one of those talk to the camera moments. Yes. But you were actually saying it to her. Yes. I needed okay. that break to say, okay, here's what's happening right now in my head. Not as a, a statement of part of this conversation. <laughs> so how did, did, have you, did you eventually have a conversation about, you know, hon, I'm, I just need you to listen. I need you to like ignore the following you know, a statement, I'll let you know when I'm ready to ready for you to listen again. Or how did this, how have you reconciled that? I've, it's, it's been a slow process and it's still a process that's ongoing. I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, because when, when talking with her, I, I ask a lot of questions because 
you know, I'm trying to understand. And now I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, well, okay, now that I understand, okay, give me a moment and let me go kind of take that time to <laughs> think through. And sometimes if the conversation, it gets going fast because I can, one of the things I respond quickly. So if I'm yeah. put in a position, I can respond and I can keep going. But sometimes as we know, those aren't the best responses that you have. They aren't all the way thought through either. You don't see the ramifications of them. I can do that, but the results aren't always what I want. And I yeah. have to, to continue. I continue to work on it and, and, and figuring out and, and learning that it's okay, you know, depending upon what the conversation is to come back to it and not be afraid to be like, Hey, I need to come back to this because I have to process this. Right. Yeah. Giving each other space to, uh, to be able to process at each other's individual speeds is, um, difficult. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's, if if somebody knows the secret, you know, elixir to make it all just happen, please let me know. <laughs> I think the secret elixir is that you have to just do it. You have to go through it and yes. figure it out. Yes. Yes, definitely. All right. So you ready for the awkward question that I can't ask, but I'd be curious to know how awkward do you think it is? Okay. Let's see. I didn't, I did not. I only wrote this on my paper. I didn't make this question up. What okay. body part would you not want to get waxed? And would you be willing to wax it on air? <laughs> <laughs> that somebody legit asked, put, said, hey, you know what the question you should ask? Wow, that's a really awkward question. That yeah. On the scale, that's like number 10, maybe even 12. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so... What body part would you not want to be waxed? Yep. I feel like this is a safe environment. You can tell us. <laughs> I, I'll answer for you. You can think about it. Okay. I'm going to answer for me. Okay. okay. I would not want my back waxed. Yes. And no. Well, I probably would wax it on here, but not on Coffee with Humans. That'd be weird. <laughs> I would say my legs mm. and no, I would not want to wax it on air coffee with humans or even my show. Um, that would just, because I've seen the reason why I would say no is because I've seen how people do waxing and the, the pain that they go through. So I, I am a sports fan, by the way, and I used Are to watch uh, a show uh, on ESPN two with uh, Mike Golick and Mike Greenberg, and oh, the Mikes, yes, Mike and Mike in the morning, and Mike Golick lost a bet if I remember correctly, and he had to get waxed. Did he <laughs> on the show? Stop it. He, he had to have his chest waxed if I'm if I remember the details correctly. Oh, and, he, and Mike played football. He's a big, strong guy. And to see the pain that he was in, yeah, I was like, "There's no, there's no way I'm going to put myself before that." 
you know, before that kind of humiliation and, and just screaming because I, you don't know, I don't know how the pa- how that pain would go about. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. I would not wax them here or there. I would not wax them anywhere. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so many things I could say about this. Yes. Yeah, that could go down a whole tragic road. <clears throat> I have some pretty intense chest hair, and uh, and it, it and I, sh- I I trim it a little bit, mm-hmm. but when it first gets trimmed, it like sticks through the shirts. Uh, but I have some. But my neck hair is really like like bristly, and it destroys. Like if I don't keep it down, it'll, it'll like destroy the top of my shirts. Oh, I know. You're like. Oh. <laughs> I've never. I've. I'm. I'm one of those people. I, when I, while I was in the Marine Corps, I, you know, we had to shave every day. I didn't. For I could go weeks and didn't have to shave because I just did not grow facial hair. And even to oh this point, God. right now, it's like, you know, sideburns and things. It's been like six months. <laughs> not that long. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but yeah, that that's basically what it's like. Do you grow have you have you hit puberty yet? Like I have, but shame. <laughs> I just don't have the, the facial hair growth that some people experience now. We did have guys that would have to shave twice a day while I was in boot camp. Oh my god, right? I was like, twice a day? They were like, Yeah, they have a five o'clock shadow by ten o'clock in the morning. Uh. I was like, wow, that's a lot of hair growth. Right, exactly. Can you imagine the amount of protein you need to eat to, like, continually creating all that hair? I don't know. Yeah. See, I told you we talked about anything. So Marine Corps, what did you do in the Marine Corps? So my job was called, it was, um, my MOS was a 2542. It was what they called a comm center operator. Okay. So a comm center operator, uh, at the time was basically you sit and disseminate messages for the base for the unit however now this job started before the advent of quote-unquote computers and what we understand them right now email had just really started taking off so my job transitioned from what I was trained to do as a comm center operator to basically a desktop support technician so I got a lot of on-the-job training and it was was nice because you know, the late nineties and things, computers and desktop support, A plus certifications, MCSE certifications, all those were all the rage. And I was getting free training and getting paid for it in the Marine Corps. So nice. Yeah. Fun stuff. Where, so where, where did all this go down? Did you travel the world or I traveled part of the world. I I got to go to, uh, outside of the country. I got to go to, uh, Okinawa, Japan. I got to go to mainland Japan. We climbed Mount Fuji, and I have a kind of interesting story about that. I uh, went to Shanghai, China, and Pusan, Korea. Uh, so I got about a month and a half time on a cruise ship, so to speak. Yeah. Then, then I came back to the States and spent my time in a beautiful Camp Pendleton, California. 
Yes. So I don't know why I even threw this out there, but see, you, you did this to me when you said, oh, yeah, the conversation will go anywhere. Uh, so when we, we got uh, part of our training when I was in Okinawa was to go to mainland Japan. And basically we do some training at the foot of Mount Fuji. We did that while we were there. Uh, we were alerted that a typhoon was coming in. Oh. So part of our training, we're like, okay, well, once we got done with training, we're supposed to climb Mount Fuji as a unit together. We set out that morning, you know, the clouds are coming in, the typhoon's coming in, but based on the weather reports and about the time we're supposed to travel, we should be able to get up and down the mountain before the typhoon hits. So we get there, we're starting out, we go up, the, we start climbing the mountain, all those types of things. And I'm in probably some of the best shape of my life. We get past the first checkpoint or so, and there's a split in the little walkway. My friends go around this way, I go around this way. As I go around this way, I also fall over like this. All the, basically, you know, my face, my I lose all the color in my face and, you know, basically altitude sickness got me. (laughs) So they send me back down the mountain. Um, And I will, one day I will climb Mount Fuji all on my own successfully. That's, that's one of those goals in life because I'm not going to let a mountain beat me, but that's a different story. Uh, As they continued to climb the mountain, you know, the typhoon comes in faster Oh no. So they actually are, they're literally, you know, before I left, you know, we, you could see clouds like reach out and touch a cloud, but they, they get me back down. But there were guys that made it up to the mountain. They were in the middle of clouds. Like, like I'm grabbing, holding onto a cloud and, you know, just the different stories of how people talked about it and the interesting ways, you know, how, you feel inside of a cloud and to be that high and all of those different Mm -hmm. types of things. But that's, that's my little story about Mount Fuji. I was, you know, 20 something years old and a mountain kicked my butt by something that I'd never expected, you know, altitude to, to have such an impact on you when you're, you know, you're climbing a mountain, but yeah, you know what you don't know. Yeah, totally. It can really take a person out. Oh, I know that people like, I I have a couple of friends who've done mountaineering. And they'll travel out to Colorado or Alaska or whatever, and they'll show up a week in advance and, you know, slowly acclimate to the, to the, um, heights out there. Um, you know, while your body builds up red blood cells and stuff. Yeah. So if you, so if you, so you've lived in, if I get this straight, uh, Korea, Japan, China, and uh, California. Uh, I didn't live in Korea or China. I I went there, visited, kind of was there for a few days. Yes. So of those of those places, which place would you go back to if you could choose? If I could choose, wow. Yeah. I would say I would probably like to go back to Shanghai, China. Yeah. I've seen the pictures of what the area has transitioned from to what I saw in the late nineties, you know, we, we were coming in and it was very, uh, industrial kind of area. There were no, you know, tall buildings. There weren't, you know, modern skyscrapers and things like that. It was very industrial and agricultural. Um, but I, I had met someone 
when I was at an event and somehow we got on the conversation of Shanghai and she actually had pictures of Shanghai. And I was like, well, you know, because I remember the waterway that we were coming in on and that was the same waterway. And it was like, what did all of this change? It's like, you know, the, these two different pictures in time kind of snapshots just showing, okay, here it was at one point and here it is right now. And you're like, yeah. wow, there's drastic changes. And you just, just kind of see what, what happened because when I was in China, I was introduced to what true overpopulation was. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, is when people would get onto, you know, public transportation and the like. Okay. I grew up kind of in the city, so I, I understand when a bus is crowded, you know, people are squeezing in trying to get people on there. Uh, when I was over there, they would, everybody at the stop would get on the bus. There was, they literally had people that would push people in and close the doors. When I say push people in, they put their foot on somebody and pushed <laughs> and they forced the doors closed. Wow. And it was literally people's faces were up mashed against window. It was <laughs> in your, in your head. You're like, this is, this cannot be real. Yeah. I can't really be seeing this. This, this is not how people, you know, behave. This is not how people are treated. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my goodness, that's really happening. And you know, then the other pieces were, was how with the they they were they they had cars and they had motorcycles and you know to see the motorcycles weaving in and out of traffic and you know sometimes they were bumped and the driver of the car kept on going and you you just see certain things that that takes your Americanized kind of perception of things that okay this is how things are and it alters it and, it and gives you this whole different perspective that you in some instances you're not even sure how to rationalize and even understand fully yeah yeah totally different culture is something it would you know would be absurd to have here in the united states i think everybody would rebel call their leaders or something like that and say we'll put more buses on the stops yes hmm. oh, yeah. so how did you how did that experience shift you or change you? How did it change me? <clears throat> One of the things I'll say that it did for me is it, it got me into the mindset of understanding that bad is relative. And when I say bad is relative, it's, it's relative to your understanding of, of what bad is like right now. <clears throat> You know, it may be a difficult time for you, you know, use the example of, you know, for, for some people, bad for them is, is that, you know, they, they've been furloughed for their job and such. For others, it's, you know, they're completely out of work. Now, I can't say your bad is worse than my bad, and I can't say my bad is worse than yours, and vice versa. But we have to understand both people's bad is bad. So seeing what was bad in China gives me an understanding of, well, I won't even say what was bad, what I classified as bad, that was life for them. Some people that life is what it is. It, there's no me saying, oh, well, that, that that's bad for them. No, that that's what life is for them. That they have to 
work with the pieces that they have and and in turn taking that to say okay michael what are you using as a quote-unquote crutch to say oh well this is bad as an excuse for i don't want to do anything right or i want to stay well it's bad i can't do anything now that's that's kind of how i took it to be to to remove the excuses from myself Hmm. and be able to to understand that it is a it's a it's a it's a growing and learning process it's not just a because i didn't see that immediately when i was over there it took me years to kind of come to that conclusion sure because at first i was just i was shocked you you, you, the with just the the impact of seeing something like that with you know that type of crowding and people living their lives and and that becoming a part of their norm you're like you're at the point where you you don't have words for it for a long time sure it's a totally foreign experience exactly and and i think the word bad is a judgment word right bad is only bad in reference to or is measured against an alternative and so the alternative so factually it, the bus is extremely crowded or the you know the transit system is extremely crowded the facts are not inherently bad or good they just are right. and could they could it be or should it be less crowded also not not there's not enough information to determine that is it unsafe okay that might be more information to determine should it should it be less or more crowded what people will accept though and i think that's you know you make you make a very good point what people accept as good or bad or right or wrong or for me or not for me is vastly different around the world yes and a person's experience on a, a very crowded transit system in China or India, where people are being jammed onto the, you know, jammed onto the buses or jammed onto the trains, is something that we would not accept here, probably in the United States. Right. But it doesn't make us better or more good and right. them more bad. Yes. It just is. Right. Uh, and there, I mean, there are lessons, all sorts of. Uh, lessons for um work you know people people have done global missions work that uh sometimes we uh we apply or presume that just because we want something that everybody else wants something as well uh and when in their culture it might be meaningless to them they don't care about the same things that we care about and immersing ourselves in one in another culture is super important to understand um how not to disrupt their lives because they think we're the oddities. Yes. We're the weird ones. Um, We got a couple of your comments here, Tony, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for your service. I think he joins all of us in saying that. Thank you for uh, what you've done for uh, your nation. Uh, And then Katie living in other places allow you to become more aware of the day to day of other cultures or people and the norm around the world. So true. Yeah. Our normal is not necessarily, everybody else is normal everybody's normal is different even in the united states yes you know like in arkansas you could measure things in shoals if you want to yes gonna be very hard to be very hard to live like that um you know well i'll measure them in miles thanks um that's the way it is right my 
what I, what I know and what somebody else knows completely different. And that's totally okay. And what an opportunity, you know, and the essence of this show, what an opportunity to just join with other people around the world and just have a conversation, learn about, learn about each other. Yeah. Well, we're coming up to the end of our time. Um, this is fantastic, Michael. I'm glad you joined me on Coffee with Humans. Any final words that you want to throw out there to the universe? This is your moment. Oh, any wow! That's I know, like right? I made, I made it so big. I was like, <laughs> to the universe. <laughs> I would actually, my only thought was when you, you were talking about, uh, the differences in environments, you know, where people, even in the United States, how we have so many differences. The first thing that I thought of was when we, when I was in a uh, boot camp, and we talked about soda. So I'm from the Northeast. We call it soda. Okay. I know other people, you know, call it we some call it place. Pop pop or they call it a coke what kind of coke do you want and it's like and that is probably the essence of everything is that we're all in the same place we all in some instances we all want the same thing but we just have a different term for it oh that's profound yes we all want the same thing but we have a different term and getting past the fact that the term is different and understanding, okay, what am I trying to convey? What is the person that I'm talking to understanding them well enough to say, okay, when they say they want to pop, what does that mean to them? Not what does it mean to me? And that that's the hardest part that I'm speaking this to myself personally, because yeah. I know how many times I've tried to understand it as what does it mean to me? and try to explain it from there. And it's like, no, 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 stop doing that. Or more specific to the way I say it to myself, shut up, Michael, and right. listen. <laughs> and and being able to just go down the road of understand what it means to the other person and go from there. Because there are nine times out of 10, and I'm throwing out my own factual numbers because, you know, you can make the numbers say whatever you want them to say. And this is my fudge factor so to speak that hey 90 percent of people want the same things we just don't know how to communicate it to somebody else and that's where we get in trouble good points i'll take your word for it well this has been coffee with humans thanks for our viewers and listeners for joining us michael thanks so much for being on coffee with humans a pleasure to speak with you yes, uh and i'll see you in just a second michael all right thanks everybody thank you one of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.